tap it in. Welcome back, everyone, to the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. We are the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including the golf of your favorite big players, Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny Oneput. The big players are back and refreshed. We'll start with what's hot in the world of golf tonight. Controversy on the DP World Tour as 15 Live Tour members teed up alongside the DP World Tour members in this past week's BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth. Big news as one of the Live Tour pros withdraws after one round, citing no medical or urgent reason for his withdrawal. The golf world is steaming over this one. And so is John Rahm, whose fellow countryman Alfredo Garcia Heredia would have been the first alternate. Then we'll take a look at how Liv is stacking up to the PGA Tour. Now we feel Liv is finalizing its lineup for the end of the season. Just how good are these headline guys at Liv? We'll look at the top 10 on each tour and get some commentary from the guys. To close out the episode, we're going to take a look back at this 2022 PGA Tour season and see what each big player's favorite or most impactful moment was. It should provide for some crazy fireworks. I'm sure Ken's done his homework on this one. Make sure to head over to Instagram and follow us at BigPlayersOnlyPod and our presenting sponsor at Four Craft Cocktails. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We hope you enjoy the episode. Four Craft Cocktails, the best tasting and easiest drinking transfusion on the market. Whether you're on the course, at a tailgate, or enjoying a Friday night with your friends, you'll find the pre-mixed 7% Four Craft Transfusion, just what you're looking for to mix things up. With a variety of other products, including a Bloody Mary, Ranch Water, and a coming this summer John Daly, it's the go-to beverage for the big players. A family-owned, all-natural, gluten-free drinking option that has the guys playing their best and feeling even better. You can find all their retail locations at 4craftcocktails.com. That's F-O-R-E, craftcocktails.com. And make sure to mention to your local beer shop and golf course that we need these things everywhere. All right, a great weekend of golf. You know, the PGA Tour ended a couple weeks ago. We haven't had a lot to look forward to, but we have what is probably the flagship event on the European Tour, their BMW PGA Championship. They played at Wentworth. It's a course that's really well-known. We get players coming from all around the world, guys that have either DP World Tour status or are European Ryder Cup allegiant. It always ends up being a great tournament. Shane Lowry takes it down. Rory comes in second. A leaderboard that had quite a few live guys on it, Taylor Gooch, Patrick Reed, this is a bit of a controversial event. 15 live guys ended up playing in this event. And I think we kind of all know they're playing to get world ranking points because they're not getting it on live. So it's a big storyline. What are you guys thoughts on these guys even being there? Are you okay with it? Uh, and then any thoughts on the tournament? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all about these guys being able to compete on the main stage. You know, these are all household names. Everybody knows. I think it just adds to the entertainment value to have guys like, I don't even think DJ played, but Right. You know, those those household names, again, Bryson didn't play, Cam Smith didn't play, but still other guys that we, we know of and we're used to seeing. Patrick Reed, controversial guy, kind of draws some eyeballs. So I'm all about them playing. I'm against Liv, but I'd love to see them in more tournaments going against the main guys. We've had a couple weeks now where we've talked about how we want to see events where it's PGA versus Liv, and we're kind of getting that here. Yeah, it's not them going up against each other head-to-head, but we're getting to see those guys compete, and I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally done with like the drama between oh, PGA Tour, like 
know, office kind of like C-suite versus live tour, but all about like the hatred that seems to be growing between the, the big names on the PGA tour versus the big names on live, you know, Rory came out saying like, yeah, I don't want them to win. I think Shane said, yeah, I'm doing this for like, I'm doing this for the European tour or the DP world tour. This is what like, I want to do this for them. I don't want these guys that like abandoned them kind of like leaving or like winning. I love that. Like, cause that's, that's the kind of like team dynamic that we've said could be really interesting. Like those, rivalries that we haven't really ever had like tiger and phil was never really like competitive or anything like this but like they're just like pure hatred i love it like they're now playing for more than just their name yeah. they're playing to protect the pga tour protect live and things like i mean like you said the name on the a, front of the jersey that's a real back. nice dynamic to it do you see patrick reed called roy mcelroy's comments insulting Patrick does. Maybe he'll sue him. Maybe Patrick, he'll sue him next Patrick week. does have very thin skin, I'll I, say. I find Patrick Reed insulting to the Patricks of the world. I feel like some of these guys are going to be friends again, but right now it's also raw that they're just like, I don't know if, if they hate each other, but they're definitely, it, you can really see the animosity out there. Well, I think the guy that won is a really good example of someone that sits a little bit in between here. He definitely pro yeah, PJ like tour for Shane Lowry, kinda. but a lot of these guys that joined live were his close friends, yeah. Ryder cup friends, countrymen, stuff like that. So ironically, they actually interviewed him before the tournament and they're like, you know, what are your thoughts on these guys being here? He said, some of these guys, it's, you know, I'm not having dinner with them anymore, but love yeah. to see him. I'm glad they're out here. But then he had some pretty bad comments about guys like a Banser and Taylor Gooch who have never supported the DP world tour, right. never been to this event, but come just to get world ranking points because they're dropping like flies. Well, time heals all wounds or most wounds. So maybe eventually these guys can have dinner and make up. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like right now, well, it, so the just to clarify this, maybe the lawsuit that's happening right now does not, is that only PGA events or is that other kind of um, European tour events as well? Is there a separate lawsuit for that? Do you guys know? Yeah, I think the live players have only sued the PGA. I think tour. it's just PGA. They've tour. only sued the PGA. So is there like an, another impending, is there going to be another impending thing coming? For some of these other tournaments, if they, I mean, I guess PGA is the kind of front runner for that stuff. Yeah, right? well, I, yeah, I think there's probably like not the, much value in suing the DP World Tour. Yeah, yeah. and plus they've also like done that weird partnership, but not full on partnership yeah, sort of thing. So that. like, if the Live guys win the PGA Tour suit, Live guy, or the European or DP World Tour is gonna be like, all right, cool, come out and play. I'd imagine like they're not gonna yeah. really fight it too much. So the DP DP World Tour is kind of taking is also kind of taking a middle ground approach to this thing. Well, who was it? I think um, uh, one of the players, I think it might have been Sergio in a, in a pre-event <laughs> presser, was, or they had like an internal meeting for the DP World Tour, and he actually piped up and asked like, hey. Okay, so that was before or after he just left? This is, this is before, which is ironic. We'll get, to, we'll get more to Sergio here shortly, but he piped up and asked. He's like, you know, what's the deal with the, with the DP World Tour? Like, are we going to be invited and allowed in all these events? And the guy that runs the DP World Tour pretty much just says, you are now. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. So I think to your point, a lawsuit could definitely come to the DP World Tour, but they haven't put their foot down firmly yet saying, we're not allowing live players to play in our events. And then Sergio went out, shot 76, and went to the Bama-Texas game. <laughs> Hell of a game. Hell of a game. He couldn't even last the three rounds that he was being paid. So I think bef before we get to Sergio, I'd like to, uh, to argue the antithesis here and that I really am not a huge fan of these guys playing in this event. I know some of them have the rapport and the history here, so they come back and play in it. I think it's good for the tour. But I think anyone that comes from Live to play in this event, it just like Live pretty much undermined the success of the DP World Tour. So to come in here and play and expect to be welcomed, I think is hypocritical. These guys go to Live to get their money, but now they're realizing this is like an exhibition style golf tour with 54 holes and I get any world ranking points. So they come back, try to get their world ranking points, and then they're essentially taking spots away from guys that. You're not, you're not going to know the names, right? But these are guys who are trying to make their way 
traditionally speaking on the DP World Tour. Yeah, it's, I think speaking to you know the people that just missed out, I think John Rahm was kind of like notably really upset with Sergio after his withdrawal because another one of his countrymen like was right on was like the next man in line, yep. and if he hadn't played, would have been in that. So I think you're definitely right about probably how these the PGA Tour guys or I guess the DP World Tour guys in this case were were probably taking that. That being said, I do think it's kind of interesting how. You know, when they first left, you know, there was a lot of talk about, oh, they don't care about the majors. They're always in it for the money. But, like, clearly the guys that are going and playing this, they at least, like, they care about the history of winning majors and kind of what that means to the grand scheme of things. And I think Patrick Harrington uh, had the, like, the, a good quote about it. It was like, I want these guys, like, in majors. I want, like, I don't, it would feel weird to show up to, like, a major and not have the best players in the world. So it would be interesting to see as, you know, the, this season live and now obviously PGA tour is already wrapped, you know, everything kind of concludes if we get like a blanket statement from, you know, all the heads of the majors. Cause that's, you know, none of these tours, it's all separate entities. Yeah. I really don't think we're going to see the majors ban these guys. I just don't, but I do think the only thing that these majors can kind of put their car, you know, can put their cards in is saying, if you don't have the world ranking points, like we're not just going to give you an exemption. Right. So they're saying, if you have the world ranking points, we want you to be here. So that's why these guys are playing in these events. I just think that when it comes to the DP world and the PGA tours, right. Like live totally undermines their success. So, I mean, the Asian tour has already partnered with live to get these guys world ranking points. It just feels kind of, I don't know, feels fake for these guys to be playing on the DP world tour. So that was my question. And I've, Thanks for clearing that up, Ben. I didn't understand why these guys were so like obsessed with their world golf rankings, but I guess it's to qualify for those majors. And I assume our listeners probably have the same kinds of questions. Like, are they just going to play on the DP World Tour events now? How many do they have to play to kind of keep up their world golf ranking? And what's the benefit of that? So the benefit is that they stay high enough in the world golf ranking so that they automatically qualify for the majors still, correct? And this was a huge event too because this one has a ton of world ranking points because of the strength of field. But some of these Asian tour events probably have, I don't know, similar world ranking points as maybe a corn Ferry tour event, something like that. So yeah, these guys, they got into this thing because even if you come tied 40th, you're getting four times as many points as if you went on the Asian tour. It also speaks a lot when you kind of what you were saying to the guys we didn't see, like the people that have won majors in the last couple of years, just kind of probably assuming they're going to have exemptions into the into the various it's very tactile yeah absolutely if you already if you want a master's in the last five or ten you know if you want a master's period right you know, you know you're, you're gonna get in right if they aren't banning so if people. you if you want a major you're exempt for all majors for five years sounds right that, I think it, yeah, yeah i think so it like, varies major that's why major. we didn't see dj brooks Cam yeah. smith brooks yes because they're exempt for so they don't care about their ranking was sergio's in the last five years I don't know. Yeah. That might have been 21 because yeah, of COVID. Just- so as we're talking about uh, some of these guys, I think the funniest controversy that happened all weekend was um, Billy Horschel confronting Ian Poulter on the putting green. Our and guy. We certainly didn't, Billy, he- Billy. We didn't We didn't hear any of this. Get right? There's, there's no audio on this thing, but I tell you what, I think it looked like a very gentlemanly conversation, like two guys that respect the shit out of each other. But Billy, a little bit shorter than uh, than Poulter, probably four inches shorter. He's kind of getting in his face like a little bulldog. Billy was standing up on his tiptoes there for a while trying to get good. on Poulter's level. But it looked like they kind of came to a bit of a reasoning at the end. But I think that it's pretty clear that that Billy does not appreciate guys. Well, Ian Poulter, a little bit history on the DP World Tour, but a guy that, right, took the money from Liv, which is, generally speaking, not good for the success of the DP World Tour. And then he comes back because he wants world ranking points. Yeah, I love this role that Billy Ho has taken on for the PGA Tour. I mean, Rory's the figurehead. I mean, he's kind of the 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 man in the high castle, if you will, kind of pulling the strings. Great but, TV show. <laughs> but Billy Ho's out here in his press conference just 
calling out people. I mean, directly. He's naming names. He's going after guys. I mean, I love it. Do you know what Billy Ho is? He's the gator in the moat. (laughs) But so I think Ben, you posed it in the doc. You know who, who's winning that fight? You know, we, you know, no hands, no, no, no. That's rules, a tough one. Prison rules, kind no of hands, thing going at. No hands, no hands. <laughs> Be careful with these walk, boys walk. from Chelsea, brother. Feet only. They're a yeah. little resourceful. I think. I think bar fight. I don't know if Billy Billy can hold his own in that. I think we got Ian Poulter there. But if we're just going, you know, straight up, I think they got. They both got the crazy eyes a little bit. But if, yeah. if you know, we're just all right there on the green. I'm taking Billy Billy every I don't time. Know, I wouldn't mess with Poulter. He's got a mean streak in him. I don't know any guys that are wearing plaid drawers like that. I'm kicking <laughs> <laughs> I like Billy having a little Why bit more endurance. Oh, I feel like if we're doing like a race or an Ironman competition, then maybe Billy wins, but mm. in a bar fight, Poulter's got him. Yeah. You know he's just smashing that beer bottle first thing, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, come at me, Poulter bitch. Poulter plays dirty, man. <laughs> but Billy really has those crazy eyes. Like, you look at him, he's, he, he'll fuck a bitch up. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It's funny to see, like, the uh, like the different uh, – sorry, that just <laughs> – <laughs> FYB just threw me off my my uh, well the different like rivalries that are happening like we saw the Scotty versus Cam Smith thing like I feel like there's like these duos that are gonna start pairing off for the next few years and like when we see them paired up together it's just gonna be so fun to watch so, so I want to talk about Shane a little bit I had a really funny really funny video come out after the tournament where they had you know this is my first beer after winning the BMW PGA Championship and it's Shane then it's Shane's caddy and his manager and all that. At the end of the night, Shane looked pretty modestly drunk. Not what we would have expected, but his caddy. I mean, this is a 10-second video clip, and I can't hear one word. It's just beep, 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 beep. beep. <laughs> funny, funny stuff. So, I honestly think you know, Shane is just a guy, much like uh, some of the other big, bigger fellows sitting around this table that can just uh-huh. hold Colin. his own like a... Like no other. I think he had probably Shane's easily thirty beers in there, and he's like, "This is my last beer of the night." <laughs> Bet you I look better than you thought I would. <laughs> Wasn't there a pretty epic story when he after he won in uh, in uh, Port Rush when he like went back to his town and like took the trophy with him in the, in the tavern? And yeah, he was just in like the local pub. There actually yeah, aren't that many crazy. stories, which makes that even yeah. better because <laughs> yeah. everyone knows that that's like what happens at that bar stays at that bar. Does he have like the highest likability rating of any player on tour right now? Gotta be. I mean, first of all, he's three, not afraid five, to speak right? his mind, right? Yeah. But it's not always too controversial. You just can really trust that he's going to be who he is all the time. Yeah, I think that's why I get a lot of comps to Shane. It's just, <laughs> just like very straight to the point. <laughs> so, yeah, so Kenny, as you talk about, we get in all these little rivalries, right? I think a new one that might be brewing, and it's kind of hits close to home for these guys, is Sergio and Rom. So, like we alluded to earlier, Sergio comes in, plays this event, yeah. isn't it's not appreciated by a lot of these DB World Tour players that these guys are coming in from live, but Sergio comes in, gets his birth into this tournament, Plays one round, shoots 76. He would have needed a 64 the second round to make the cut. Guy just leaves. Doesn't even say if anything's hurting, if he has some kind of urgent thing he needs to get to. Next thing we know, we find him at a University of Texas football game on Saturday. Well, it looks like he's going to get fined by the DP World Tour. I mean, this is like... This is rubbing the golf community so poorly right now. Like Sergio is losing a lot of a lot of his image right here. So we're going to see maybe something comes out of the woodwork. Maybe some doctor puts his medical license on the line yeah. to say, yeah, Sergio has like chronic migraines or something like that. But it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, what I mean he's especially because he's been such a huge mentor for not just Spanish golfers, but all Hispanic golfers across you know across the world. Right? We just talked about. Last week, how he was kind of waiting there for um, some of the uh, for Joaquin and Abe Manser afterwards, and he was he was partners with Rom at the um, Ryder, what, what, the Ryder, Ryder, Ryder Cup, Cup, right? And they're like they're like best buds, right? And now like Work. that's a pretty big rift. Yeah, I mean that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, you're right because so Garcia after he withdrew, actually, uh, the Telegraph, a pretty well known news outlet in the UK, said that in June. In the locker room after another BMW event, the BMW International in Munich, he said, he said, this tour is shit. You're all effed. 
should have taken the Saudi money. And that's like a pretty official source. Like, so Sergio right now is like, he's just yeah. severing ties, going for the money. It's kind of a bad it's look like for him. He's always, he's always been a hothead, and there's reason his, his live team is the Fireballs or whatever. He's just, he's he's a crazy <laughs> guy. Just drink like, Fireball all day. Well, I mean, we've seen that he's the same guy that, you know, I, I think it was a DP World Tour event that just got angry and just started like hacking away at the, the bunker. Oh, that was yeah. a Saudi event. Was I it think, a Saudi yeah, event? Okay, well, Dubai. he's just, he's angry everywhere, even when he gets paid. But it's just, you kind of expect this after he won the Masters in whatever year that was. Like, he just kind of went off hinges a little bit where he just, I've won my major, I did my thing. And well, it's kind of like Phil. These guys just, frankly, they're just becoming irrelevant, (laughs) right? I mean, golf wise, and then they're just making headlines otherwise. It just feels like they're tone deaf to an extent. Like, you get so good at a sport, maybe you lose touch of what's happening in reality. But I think that Sergio probably had no idea that the next guy to get in was a fellow young countryman looking to make his break in golf. Because I think maybe if he knew that, he would have been like, Nah, I probably won't withdraw. I'll just tough it out. But yeah, it's just guys losing all touch. He takes the money, and now he's just completely losing his image, kind of like Phil. How does he not know that? Like the next guy in is always going to be someone like that. But not know. knowing that it was like a countryman, maybe or something like that. No, you know, or maybe he does. Okay, maybe he doesn't it, give a well, shit. Yeah, it maybe, doesn't matter if it's countryman. He probably or not. just like, thinks he's bigger than golf right now. Yeah. You know, Sergio Garcia, the lifetime achievement of everything he's done. I just. He's bigger than you having one to deal major. with this kind of bullshit. All these guys do. Phil, Brooks, DJ. Well, yeah, Phil. Phil's the prime example of yeah. that. Of like, well, Colin, you yeah. don't like Liv? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to that extent, I think that Liv probably it portrays them even more in that light too. So it's like if you're surrounded by people that just tell you that yeah. you're good, you're good, you're good. It's going to be hard to come back to reality. So let's get into it. So the the big thing we got to talk about is Liv top ten <gasps> versus PGA Tour top ten. We've had a lot of signings, right? Cam Smith, Joaquin Neiman. I mean, Harold Varner, who might not be in our top 10, but he's at least a good resume builder for Liv. What are your guys' thoughts on PGA Tour top 10 versus Liv top 10? Here, I'll read them off. For the PGA Tour, we got Scotty, Rory, Patrick Cantlay, Xander, John Rahm, JT, Colin Morikawa, Willie Z, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Victor Hovland. Pretty darn good there. But Liv, hey, Liv's, Liv's top 10 is not bad. Their top five is actually really strong. Cam Smith, DJ, Bryson, Brooks, and Patrick Reed for their top five, and then rounding out the top ten, Joaquin, Taylor Gooch, Sergio, Abanser, and Louis Oosthuizen. You know, one vibe I get from these two lists is how international that live list is. The 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 PGA list, you have Rom, who's like a kind of a, a displaced Spaniard, right? Lives in the United States, plays PGA Tour, went to college here, and then you got Hovland and Fitzpatrick kind of rounding out the the, the top ten. But uh, live is. I mean, it's super international. I mean, there's markets that they're tapping into here that, I mean, they're going to make a ton of money. I just, I can kind of start to see a world now where the PGA really operates here in like North America and then Liv starts to dominate, dominate these foreign markets. All right. Can I jump in here? All right. I know. I, I feel like Colin's going to just go in on this. So I'm going to stop it before he goes. Based on the text exchange. All right. We all know the PGA lineup is better right now. No one's arguing that. I mean, although Tully, try to argue, Tully try might, to argue. I will argue for the for sake days. of argument. I think me and Telly are going to just make some arguments, but I, I will say, just think if you take a step back and think about in three to four to six months, how much live has already like created a, created a kind of a group of guys that could possibly compete on a Sunday. My argument is that if you put these guys up on a Sunday, 10 versus 10, the live guys could win 
four times or three or four times, maybe even half the time. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, is in a conceivable world, these the live golfers could come very close to beating these guys. And so, uh, that so, would never. I know it's not likely, but all I'm trying to say. And let us know what you're done. Sake, I, think the, I think the comp to this is like me and Tully versus Ben and Dub. If we played ten times, no, that, we're you guys winning would never zero. Win. You exactly, would, and neither no. are the live guys. Oh my god! Oh, you're way off. Smith literally just beat right. all of them and won the open. One, but they're ten. Ten on ten, average it out. I'm just saying. I mean, I. I it's not how golf works. It is. It is impressive how good. I think it's the at least worth top ten. Is I think it's at least at least it's competitive worth the debate. worth the debate. I I think it's a. I know it's I'm way wrong. better than the President's wrong. Cup that we're going to see this year. Yeah, no, you like the fact of the matter is yes, the PGA has more depth, maybe probably more youth for sure here as well. But you know, even then, we just saw the number one college player decide he's going over to live instead of you know playing in college anymore, like. There is plenty of talent there that they are going to be competitive. You look at the majors. Colin's getting ready to tee this up. I, I can can't see wait to see Colin. He's going to have something for me. Uh, but the in terms of majors, the account of the top 10, it's, it's 11 on the PGA Tour to 10 on Liv. And Rory has, what, four of those, and he hasn't won in five, six, seven years, something like that. Probably won't win another. I think it's eight years. He just won the tour championship. But he didn't. You guys shut the hell up and leave Rory out of this. Can we talk about this on the whole? I'm just saying. On the whole. There is a lot of talent, especially at the top five. I'll give Colin, because I know he's going to be like, the top ten, the depth, blah, 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 blah. Like, the top (laughs) five. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) Do it in your Colin voice. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, man. The the top five is unquestionably tight. Oh, I, I think Liv has an advantage. Yeah, if you're is. looking at top four, I think Liv wins that more often than not. Yeah, like I think oh. I think the PGA Tour is the more consistent, which is why I think they win more head-to-head matchups. But I think the firepower and the ability to get hot is on Liv's side. You also got to cross off Dal Torres because he's never going to play golf. That's it is possible. I think you make a good point about the consistency factor. And, you know, I think Cam Smith has just, he's really lit the world on fire and he looks so good right now. I'd like to see how it pans out if he can keep this up for three or four years because he's, you know, he's like 28 now. So he's been on tour for eight years and he's kind of just coming into his own. But uh, you speak about the consistency. There's a lot of guys on live here that have, you know, injury issues or didn't play a lot. And now they're on a tour that doesn't really encourage them to play any more than just what they required. It's going to be, I think it's kind of almost hard to compare these guys because you've got guys like Scotty, Rory, Cantlay, and Xander who are just so consistently kind of like always in the top 10. Scotty wins a lot. Cantlay wins a lot. Xander and Rory more like your consistent, you know, top 10 guys. Um, Liv have a lot of firepower, but I just don't see the consistency on their side. All right, Colin, unleash. Let's hear it. Well, okay, I'll start with Ken's argument that if you if these guys play each other ten times, Liv might win three, and somehow that equates to them being better than the PGA. I didn't players. say they're better. I'm okay. just saying it's worth debating. It's competitive, is the point. No, the worth point. Debating. That's not the question. Is whether it's competitive. It's which has a better side here. Second of all, <laughs> <laughs> and I you retort: guys, <laughs> you guys are talking about the top five on Liv like it's so great. DJ Bryson Brooks, what? When was the last time they won something? Colin, you literally Reed. picked DJ to win like seven times this year. I picked him once. So we're talking about <laughs> Scotty. Scotty, multiple winner this year. Man. Rory, multiple winner this year, tour championship. Xander won, what, three times this year? Cantlay won the tour championship last year, sweep the field, yeah, and won the BMW this year. So, like, how are you just throwing away those Xander five, gold like, medal? Well, if nine. these guys didn't go to live and weaken the PGA field, okay. I mean, you never know. <laughs> yeah, and then... <laughs> And then we get down to number five here. Assuming these are in order, we have Rom. Let's who are we taking in this head-to-head matchup? Rom or Patrick Reed? You tell me that. I'm taking Joaquin. I don't know. Compare majors. 
I mean, it's just not even close to me. If you're looking at what happened this year, the last two years, the PGA is way stronger, 1 to 10, than live. Give me the 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, yeah I think Cam Smith and Joaquin Neiman are the only two names on this live side that scream to me like consistently really good and always good. I mean, Joaquin and Cam have been playing great golf, well, but on the PGA, to, on the PGA, uh, but DJ the past three years has really been very inconsistent. Only really contended in maybe half the majors. I think he snagged the Masters. Wasn't he the best player in the Ryder Cup last year? Match play. I mean, I'm, I mean, I guess that's a different conversation. We talk about match play, short play. I think we know in our gut, though, if you put DJ up against anybody in this list, he could beat them. Well, I think DJ, that'd be, yeah. that's I mean, how it goes. I mean, like, I, I feel like that's why I'm saying a one day match. Cause I feel like a lot of these guys on the live side right now, are like lately recency bias, they're not doing that well. They're injured. They're not as motivated, but a lot of these guys are gamers. Right. And a lot of these guys, um, have had, you know, like someone like Brooks, I mean, he's been a little inconsistent, but on a Sunday he could show up and beat any of these guys. Bryson could show up and beat any of these guys. Bryson's been pretty off the last year. I'm just saying like some of the kind of top tier talent I think could on a one day matchup could show up. I mean, I generally agree with you, Con, that you're right here. I'm, I'm not arguing that Liv is better, but I do think like it's, it's only been the first six months of this, like one month, one, like one week for some of these guys have this argument again in three years. I mean, um, it could either be PGA 100 times out of 100, they could be better now, or Liv could be, you know, just as it could be, it could actually be equal to them in a couple of years. I just think it's, it's you know, something worth tracking and debating, honestly. Yeah, but we're talking about golf here. Anyone can show up on it any given Sunday. No way. It's a golf podcast. I thought this was football. No, any, I could play golfer could show up on Sunday and beat any of these guys. That's not on true. This list. I could play Ben a thousand times and I would lose well, every We're talking time. about professional. Yeah, we're not talking about world number one versus world number not on this list. He could show up and beat any of these guys. Absolutely. I think if Gooch plays, is Scotty a hundred times he loses 97 of the times I think for me the takeaway here <laughs> is just saying, the fact that we can even have this conversation that's like, all according to Colin in, we can't not in a million years did I think like eight I'm of these guys would be in in live like it would be DJ and Phil Mickelson would be their second best golfer but that's clearly not how it's looking and they're going to be a formidable team and maybe we can have a Ryder Cup style match in the future yeah, we need this question answered on the course. You know, I do have a question about some of these guys that are going to live. Like, how would your golf game under pressure change after playing in live for two or three years? I really think they feel zero pressure. I don't yeah. think any of these guys, a $4 million first place prize means anything to them when they just signed a $100 million contract per se. So, like... Is that helpful or hurtful? I, well, I think they're going to look really good on live, actually, because I think pressure usually makes people play a little worse, except for Tiger. He's, like, the only example ever that played better under pressure... Some of these guys are going to look really good on live, but I just don't know maybe how their games will progress and stand up if they were to. And I hope, I, I kind of hope that if live makes it, we certainly have some kind of 10 V 10 matchup. Like that would be fun to watch. Um, but I'm just not sure where their games are going to go playing 54 hole exhibition matches. What was the quote that came out of the last live event? Like it's not an exhibition match when they're paying you like $4.75 million. Or that, what was that Pat Perez said something like that? Yeah, yeah. Pat Perez would because he sucks. Couldn't well, live just... I know I sound like a live apologist today. I don't know why I'm taking this stance, but like, couldn't live just change it to be 72 like or four rounds? Couldn't they just change it from being three, three to four days? Not when your ego is as big as great. They'd have to change their name. name what literally are the Roman numerals? I know. Well, they could find another Roman numeral. To 54 be. plus X V I I I. Let's get more creative. I don't know. I'm just saying they could they could they could just change it to like the villain tour or something. V I L I I. That would be really fun. Just embrace. The, yeah. Well, theoretically, they could go to the uh, old school eighteen hole playoff. Yeah, in case there's ever because we had a playoff in the last live event, and that could be how you theoretically would get those seventy two hole events. Not a bad idea. 
It's not a bad idea. Get me on the board. All right, I think we can chalk it up to it's pretty close. It's not quite there, but it's uh, not close. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how live golf goes and see how these guys progress in the next year or two. We'll be back in a second to talk about our biggest moments from 2022. All right, let's take stock of 2022. We have some observations, some takeaways, some favorite moments uh, around the table. Um, I guess we'll start with mine. My, I think. This, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, screw you guys. We'll start here. Um, do I get to do my own, my own intro too? Yeah, maybe we'll just do six <laughs> independent segments. We'll just go one after the other, and you can <laughs> intro. But I mean, like, okay, if we were to sit back and say, what are the kind of like four or five bullet points we talked about most? I, I do think the most kind of talked about thing aside from live had just has been golf as like an entertainment product i think that would be my vote and what i was thinking here is like basically the entertainment arms race has started and it's here to stay right i mean we, we talked about live a lot we talked about pga a lot but you know there's been a lot of um you know a lot of other kind of growth in golf maybe we should talk about that some good some bad right but there's um the rise of golf influencing is way up you know the the corn fairy kind of purses rising the LG, lpga uh purses rising and kind of the um the visibility rising, which we know there should be definitely more of. Um, but in the last couple of years, we've seen things like the match series, which has its successes and, you know, the, some of its failures. That was right? probably our first big one. I mean, yeah. that was like, you know, $10 million or whatever and just 1v1 kind of, right. kind of, yeah. And I think the thing I was starting to think about. The we, first live versus we, PGA tour. We've even joked about like holy moly and stuff like that. It's kind of bullshit. But like the stuff in the last couple of years has been a little gimmicky. But now it seems like that kind of gimmickiness has been like fully folded into golf as like an entertainment product, right? So it's sport, but also kind of, um, especially with the rise of golf betting and the kind of the alignment with different golf broadcasting and TV deals and stuff like that. Like golf as an entertainment product and these kind of, I don't know, pretty much everything under the sun, alternate formats, um, different kind of viewer experiences. It seems like this is the year where the turning point, when we look back in like five to 10 years, 2022 is going to be the year where this kind of took um, like full steam, I guess, moving forward. So I, I, that to me seems like one of the biggest takeaways from the year. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the... It's it's a going to be a critical point in golf history. I think you're definitely that's a good, like, yeah. That's a good you're right on it. Like it. It is going to be like something whether live succeeds or fails, PJ Tours changes, succeed or fail, whatever it is. Thirty years from now, golfers looking back, they're going to see this is going to dictate where I think everything yeah. has gone or ends up. At. And I didn't even mention the most important one is Tiger and Rory's you know Tomorrow Sports Venture and the TGL League and stuff. Yeah, like their that, initials so. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Tiger. Well, I think that this year is probably the biggest year in golf since Tiger. Right when Tiger started on the PJ Tour and won like within his first few events, and then just his little stampede over the next twenty years, and we kind of were at a lull with Tiger's injuries and stuff, and this stepped into place. I mean, now now golf is and front stuff. and center. And you talk about holy money, holy moly, like jokingly, <laughs> holy money. But it is funny. Like if it was nineteen ninety, and I asked you if a, a, a weeknight comedic game show was going to be based around golf, you'd say hell no, it wouldn't. Golf yeah. is so boring. But now we're in this world now where golf is starting to become exciting, and it's primetime television. So do you think we're really better off now than we were at the start of the season? You think the entertainment product has progressed that much? I mean, this whole live thing is borderline unwatchable. The PGA Tour seems their main point is just to throw more money. Like, yeah. does that improve the entertainment for us as viewers? I, I think I, right now it's just more, everyone's just trying more and more and more, which is probably not 
Well, it's capitalism. Some of the stuff It'll is going to be bad. And I think in like three years, like Ben was saying last week, three to five years, it will be a positive probably for the product. But right now, there's going to be some stuff that's weird and awkward and doesn't work, but it's probably for the for the greater good. I think it's the catalyst <laughs> that they're trying something different in diff- in ver- on both sides of it, whether it's the whole like, oh, we're bigger and louder from live or just, you know, PJ Tour doing it somewhat different and like adding some other things. I think, you know, as Ken mentioned, the Tiger and Rory thing, how that that affects it and how that'll develop how golf just is taken to the masses in a more digestible way rather than sitting down for four days straight and watching 10 hours of golf that, you know, we're all happy to do, but other people less. So yeah, Doug, you talked about the entertainment aspect of it, but I just think in general, there's just so much more conversation about golf now. Like, yeah, Years ago, point. the conversation used to be at the water coolers, like, oh, did you see Tiger won another one? <laughs> now, you, you, there's so many different topics that you can go about and talk about. I think that's an aspect. Maybe the entertainment value, if you go to watch it, isn't there, but just the conversations you can really spark from this. Yeah, let alone, like, I didn't want to step on, on Colin's toes, but, like, golf fashion, like, that kind of stuff, too. Like, that's a whole other side of it, which it could be a segue into Cut! What? No, seriously. <laughs> I mean, like, that was, like, that's another part of it that we we need to talk about, too. But, like, um... That's why I called it. I'm not going to talk about it now. I was going to wait. But that, that's why I called it like an arms race. It's literally like the space race of the 60s. Who can get it to is. the moon the fastest? The Russians or the Americans? Someone got there first. The and Saudis. Have, or and the we PGA haven't been door? back in 50 years, right? So, um, you know, actually, we're going back to the moon this year. It's Allegedly. Like, I yeah. mean, it could just be CGI. Is, what? It, is it a mega structure or I, anything like that? Or? Good I mean, movie. Ben just watched way. Moonfall. I don't know. I hear it's uh, weird, but yeah. solid movie. Yeah, we should do movie reviews. In the off season, we're doing some movie reviews, golf movie reviews. Well, you talk about the investment, too, into golf and the product of the, right, the spectacle that is golf like you didn't see that years ago and now i'm not a huge fan although it's probably good for golf it's like the increased purses right it just attracts more talent it gets kids playing the game because now you can win one pga tour or one live event and just be set for life kind of thing but you know now more money is also getting pumped into the product that is golf and it's only going to make it more entertaining yeah but i think to answer dub's question and and we can go to the next one now but um i I do think it's probably going to be not there's some not great parts about it. I'm, and I didn't bring it up as like all entertainment is good entertainment, but at the same time, you know, I, I guess, uh, I don't know. It's, it's exciting for someone like, I guess someone like me too, who's like kind of, uh, you know, I'm not the best golfer. I don't know a ton about every single player, like all their, like all their kind of, you Statistics, know, specific analytics. things they do on the course. But I like, I don't know. I'm from the entertainment side. I find myself getting like very, very engaged um, now on golf more than ever. You know, maybe it's a good year to start a golf podcast. Well, I think the question too is how do we translate that into growing the game? And I yeah. think it kind of naturally will grow the game a bit, but we really need to start focusing some of this money into how we get more kids into the game. Right now, now it's fun to watch. Now it's decently cool. Like, you how know, golf's not nearly as stuck game? up as it was, but now we got to grow the game. How do we bring that down to the, the average municipal course level? Arms race for the kids. Hashtag. For the kids. <laughs> you you encouraging arming children? Uh, uh, next next topic we have. Uh, who wants to go next? Anybody else have an observation? Uh, the well, I think you already, you already brought up Colin's favorite thing, fashion, right? Yeah, let's talk about golf fashion. It's been a hell of a year for that. Yeah. Well, I think when we think about golf fashion too, just think about what I was wearing two or three years ago on a golf course and what I'm wearing now. It's just so much. It's so much better. The God, patterns I just are so look, much more. You know, complex. We can do. We can do a reel. We can do one of the um, teenage wasteland uh, reels where it's like you now, and then you go back to your old the pictures. Teenage dirt bag. Teenage dirt bag. I just think about like the white, the white pants, khaki shorts with like muted. Those Adidas polos, not just khaki shorts, but like overly baggy, and everything's just huge. Just basically take a picture of JT on the golf course, and we should be all right. 
Yeah. RJT. RJT, yeah, not, not Justin Thomas. But we got loud shirt, shirts. We got JT wearing joggers at the U.S. Open. We got Jordan golf shoes on the golf course now. Like, golf is certainly, it's, it's transforming, and it's not it's this stuck-up old sport it is anymore, and it's really actually... I enjoy watching golf tournaments to see what these guys are wearing now, and you wouldn't have done that five, ten years well, ago. Well, yeah, it just creates a much broader conversation about the game than just, oh, did you see that eight iron he hit on 18? I mean, it's what's he wearing, what course are we playing? Did you what, see what Justin Thomas's ankles? What yeah, the hell? I mean, it's, there's so many more facets to discover when you're watching golf now so versus like, Telly's taking your you comments. You threw it to me for golf fashion, and then you talked about golf fashion. And well, then you said you I didn't have anything. And talking. Yeah, well, I was going to say something about the pants, but now you talked about the pants. What am I going to say? <laughs> the damn pants. I also think, too, about uh, you talk about investment in golf. Do you think about how many more golf <laughs> golf brands we have now that are relevant? Like, we think about Roback and Grayson and all these little these little brands that just bring so much to the table. And, and it makes golf cooler because they're owned by smaller, unique, you know, small-owned companies that are family-owned, right? Even think about Forecraft, right? Like, Think about how like smaller family-owned companies are getting into golf because now it's something that's on the local stage and can be successful. Yeah, you can advertise to golfers exactly. and be very successful. Imagine, yeah, John Daly. I guess John there. Daly had his drink, but that's just because he's such a spectacle. But now we have drinks that are specifically marketed to golfers. Well, let me ask you guys: the guys that are like the better golfers here, like do you yes, guys I'm listening? I mean, we <laughs> one <laughs> Dove and Ben. <laughs> one, <laughs> one, one, one of the bigger like the complaints too is that golf courses are more crowded now, and people are coming out to just like film TikToks and wear cool clothes and drink, you know, craft cocktails. Like, is it kind of going too far in that direction a little bit? I don't want to be the curmudgeon here, but like, as the guys that are just out there to just hit long, you have to wait for ten minutes. Is that is that something that's like a byproduct of this kind of explosion? I, I think golf's just gotten so popular. Yeah, and mostly and a good it's thing. It's not mostly necessarily you know old man sitting on his front porch. Yeah, yeah. Telling kids golf so it's is good. on. It's just so it's everybody's good. out there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so difficult to go out and play on a weekend morning because you're going to play a five and a half hour round waiting yeah. on people to you know figure out their way around the course i think it's just you just, it's it's just changed so much i like the way it's changed if i want to go out and i want to play good and i want to take it serious that's a weekday night that's league play right stuff. that's league play that's a yeah, tuesday yeah. night that you know you can get out the crowd course not that crowded but on a saturday it's a course it's for the people now you know it's five hour rounds because people are having fun there's people that are inexperienced out there you're just getting some drinks you're having fun with the guys or the girls like yeah. it's just it's a much different experience now well, yeah, I think back to we played musket a month ago or whatever. Like we were out there playing, and it took us five and a half hours to play, but we were having a great time. I guess we were making in, reels too. The people in front of <laughs> yeah, us, we were, were talking. <laughs> people in front of us were having a hell of a time. We kind of fed off that uh, that vibe, and I mean, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun when you kind of all right. Yeah, I'm out here to have fun, relax, have a good time, whatever. Like it is what it is. I will say that my 2022 golfing experience has been revitalized with my point here and the best thing that's happened in 2022, and that's the revitalization of Rory McIlroy's golf game. Uh, back to actual golf content. I just here think that go. when I think about golf, like Rory's my favorite golfer, but watching right, him next play. Next topic, we've heard enough already. Watching him play as good as he has. I mean, it's been, it's been great for golf, whether you're a PGA Tour live guy. Guys like Rory, they move the needle. Like when Tiger comes back, he's great, but when Rory plays good, he's also great. And uh, it's been a long stretch for Rory, right? He hasn't won a major in eight years, but this year his performance has been through the roof. I mean, he's had, like, he's probably averaging seventh in his golf tournaments he's playing. He's only missed one cut. He's had multiple wins. Like, it's been a great year for him. Yeah, I think we really saw Rory this year transcend into that elite of the elite. Like, he joined the Arnold-Jack-Tiger conversation because he didn't win majors. He won the tour championship, whatever that's worth. But he carried the load of the PGA Tour going through extreme transition 
all the while he's revitalizing his golf game and playing arguably the best golf of his life. So I think he's in a completely different category from everybody else right now. And as probably the biggest Rory critic here, you know, it's it's pretty <laughs> impressive to see what he accomplished this year in spite of everything he was doing in if kind of behind the scenes. Better though, right? If he could just putt a little better, he would have won. Some yeah, much just more. a little bit. He could have won a couple but, majors, but but Rory's like a true veteran now, right? Is this the first year you're seeing him has like a veteran and on the on the tour? I think that's like a, yeah. maybe like a generational shift, especially because some of the guys are going to live. He's now one of the guys that are kind of like you have the young guys, the guys in the middle of the kind of their middle career, and then the guys pushing to this. I mean, Rory's a long career ahead of him, but he's definitely like a veteran on the tour now, right? So him pushing to this kind of elite kind of status is kind of giving room for now the younger guys and the middle guys to kind of make their own space too, right? And I really like this transition from Rory too because, I mean, I think that I'm obviously going to defend Rory, but he's, you know, getting married, having a kid. That's going to probably, you're not going to have as much time to dedicate to practice. So the past few years from him haven't been that exciting. He's had like his little hot streaks, but now we see Rory kind of really transitioning into being a father, a figurehead for the tour, and a great golfer. And I really like that all-encompassing. It just it just screams Arnold Palmer vibes to me, right? A guy that had all the fans behind him, was good at golf, a good family man, and then never turned down a signature kind of thing. And I think that's what I love about golf. And I know sometimes Liv tries to preach that, but I just feel like at the core, it doesn't have that good guy vibe to it. Yeah, cool. I mean, I've definitely... Sorry, Colin, go ahead. I go know ahead. I've already taken too much from you. Go, go ahead, Tully. I won't talk. Colin, it's your turn. All right, I'll step in here. <laughs> <laughs> our, it's our seating arrangements are all screwed up. The seating arrangements are changed now. No, it was, it was just... It was cool to see Rory kind of elevate his game as the season went on, and I think... I. I have to like dedicate some of that to the live live being like a motivator for him. Like he's really stepped up to the plate as kind of one of the, the leaders for the PGA tour. And I think that motivated him even more. And you could see by the end, he was just on fire every single week. God, he took the words right out of my mouth. Colin. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. You know, Ben mentioned he, you know, kind of had all those competing priorities where golf kind of felt like it almost fell to the, the wayside a little bit. And obviously he was still competitive, still very talented, but it felt like this kind of the whole thing reinvigorated Rory to like have a reason to actually go out there and play golf because he's got he has all the money he's won enough that he doesn't need to be out there from a financial standpoint but it gave him like a reason to really focus in and get passionate about that and I think it's only going to help golf as a whole the PGA Tour all of it I, I, I couldn't agree with you more there Colin. Yeah, if you're right, if you're writing the story, the history of golf in 2022, Rory's going to be in the first sentence probably. I mean, I'd agree, right? It's, it's, you know, and you've got to love a comeback story, right? Like Kim Kardashian. It just <laughs> and there, there's nothing better. Like when you know yeah. Spieth, uh, Spieth was like he was getting there, and then he kind of fell off. I think he's still got like quite a few good years ahead of him. But that's the big story for Rory is like you can take time off to prioritize and come back, and I think that's why what is the PGA tour? What is the history of golf? Like that is, that is why I love it. And live is just so much about money and stuff like that. But a guy that struggles for four or five years that you think like, how come you don't just give up the game like this? I mean, the difference between the 200 ranked golfer in the world and the number one is so small, but to make that jump is almost impossible. So to see guys like Rory and Jordan make these comebacks, it's unbelievable. Well, and, and in that same vein, I mean, 2022, arguably the year Scotty Scheffler. Yep. And he's that guy, he struggled for a while, he picks up his first win early this year and just goes on a roll. And he's a guy, you know, he believes in the history of the game and his legacy and very humble and, you know, one of those who you like to see as your kind of role model for younger golfers, a guy, you know, he doesn't have the most robust personality as far as exciting guys to watch, <laughs> but he suburban. is a, uh, you know, very 
good guy for the for the face of the game too. Yeah, speaking about Scotty, can you can we talk about how awkward that trophy presentation was at game day last did, week? Yeah, I thought you were talking about the photo, like the portrait he got from the sponsor. Oh, I don't know what seltzer worse. water. Yeah. Why did they do that at college game day? I have no Texas, idea. Texas, he went to Texas. Well, I guess. they're very lucky that Texas didn't absolutely get smashed by Bama. Horace, yeah. Yeah. I highly <laughs> likely that was going to happen. That's because yeah. Sergio was there. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's my point for twenty twenty two. What else we got? Yeah, I'll go next. Uh, I had three points here. One, <laughs> of, which one of which is already <laughs> taken. What was that? Oh, fashion. Um, Pants. Right. Yeah, I'll leave with one. While we're talking about players that we uh, that we had think had big years, how about the big cat? He's back. I mean, if we look back, like the Hero Award Championship last year, which is kind of hard to believe that it's like coming up in a few short months already, but like everyone was going crazy that he was hitting shots on the range again. I mean, he played... He, he played in the Masters again. No one ever saw that coming. Like, he's back. He played. He wasn't very competitive, but he was still out there competing. He, he was made making the cut. cuts. Yeah, majors, he made yeah. the cuts. And now, like, he's actually, once again, like, another leader for the PJ Tour. And, like, we are, we talked about him multiple times. Like, if he's, if what, when he's in the room, everyone stops and listens. Like, he's back. He's going to be a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? He's going to be a force moving forward. Not only for the PJ Tour, but just for golf in general, he's going to get a lot more people back into the game, a lot more people interested. I'm happy to have Tiger back, and I can't wait to see what he does next year when he's a little bit more healthy. I yeah. just think that yeah. that second shot at St. Andrews on his first hole of the tournament drives yeah. it down the middle, Screwed 90 up. yards, Plugged. puts it in the burn. I think if that shot doesn't happen, I know Tiger shoots like 10 over after four days there. Does, does he make the cut? No, he doesn't make the, the cut. cut the I just think if Tiger doesn't hit that, that ball in the burn, I think he competes at St. Andrews. And it's he only a shot like one over in that first round. I, know, I just think that, that it changes shot. the dynamic. Yeah, I, I think yeah, coming back yeah. from so long, but Colin, to your point, I mean that accident that he got in. I think ninety eight percent of people just wrote him off. I mean, we didn't because we know what Tiger can do. We're that two percent, but Tiger had like you know a leg injury that just people don't even walk after, and it's just like to see him coming or back. Don't to have golf, a leg after. Either. It's unbelievable. I mean, I'm so happy to see Tiger back, and I do think that he's going to come into form. You see him play courses that he knows really well, like Augusta. I think he's bound to win another major. And, and here's a guy who did not need to go through all this and come back. He could have taken a big payday with Liv. He could have just retired and kind of sat in his estate and played golf in his backyard for the rest of his life. But he's working his ass off to get back there. I mean, he's a true student of the game and loves history of golf more than probably anybody else out there and still carrying that torch for all the younger golfers to follow in his in his shadow. In that same vein, and like kind of speaking to him, not only being back as a player, but being back in terms of we kind of seeing what potentially we're going to see from Tiger at the after his playing career. He is you the know, commissioner. He, he is. Yeah, he I thought you were going to say afterlife. No, not, not afterlife. <laughs> Tiger, Tiger won't die. It's fine. We've, he's tested. Immortal, us. eternal. Uh, but like we've seen him take on that role. Like he was always a leader, and he got when in his peak playing wise. You know, he wasn't super personal he wasn't the guy that you were going for for a great like funny quote or anything like that he's always you know even almost awkward in some of those interviews sometimes and now he's transitioned to he has a little bit more of a personality he's interacting with the players you know all that kind of stuff and now we're seeing him take on a full-on leadership role where he is calling everybody together that he thinks can fully kind of like lead the tour into this next generation speaking to kind of ken's point and we're, we're seeing basically him you know, not technically, but like just take over for Jay yeah. Monahan and like kind of really be the one that's kind of push them where they need to be. So we're kind of seeing both phases of the end and him trying to get back to that competitive to get maybe that one, two more majors, 
But more importantly, the what are we going to see from Tiger that he's he's not leaving? He's going to always be a, he's going to be present in golf for as long as we're all, you know he's around. The be, the best outcome of this if there's like Tiger is never actually the commissioner, but he's like he is like the de facto commissioner for the next like thirty years, and there's always like a shadow puppet commissioner just basically doing nothing sitting there and he actually runs the show forever he bought himself so much goodwill after with the 20 i guess 2019 masters like after that he has like ten, another decade of just like respect from the players too now you know well, when you think about we're talking about tiger's comeback too. a guy that came up earlier in conversation that is just you know he's losing his image but when he won the masters it was one of the greatest achievements in golf history is when sergio won the masters a guy hadn't won a major one of the most talented golfers of all time. You'll never see that. I won't give one rat's ass if, if Sergio wins another six live tour events the rest of his life. It won't matter. It's the spectacle that golf is and the comeback story that all these guys portray because you pick up the club when you're three, you play amazing in college, you get on tour, you struggle a little bit, maybe you have a little success. and then. But Sergio's win at the Masters was the – it just fully encapsulates what golf is, and you just won't see that anymore from live. Even Phil last how did we turn two years ago live? at the at the open, right? Phil won oh, the US, he, US he Open. Won the, he won the PGA, PGA, PGA Sorry, He has never won a US Open. I mean, that was yes, one of the yes, yes. that was an Second amazing four win. times, right? That was probably one of the biggest underdog wins in major championship history. Yeah. I mean, of course, that was playing seventy eight hundred yards and Phil's getting out driven, so he puts yeah. a like a new driver in the bag to hit it further and he ends up winning that. I mean, that's what golf is all about. Yeah. And he won't have that again. All right, what else we got for 2022? Anything else? All right, so I think I need to uh, bring us back off the golf course. Um, I mean, you guys know me pretty well. Good thing doing a golf podcast. Huge, huge pop culture guy. I'm always very in tune with what's going on. Pants. Um, saw recently the Emmys happened. We saw our boy Tim Robinson. Recently. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> recently. As, as I'm, as, we got to figure out who did this. No, no, no. Follow me here. <laughs> so Emmys, we start thinking about the Oscars, uh, which then brought me all the way back oh, to when we had our pre-screening of the Phantom of the Open. Let's get it's it. like, we cannot forget that moment. Mark Rylance, Can, best actor buzz. We had to have had the most fun top three event of the podcast season that's was true. the boys getting together to watch phantom of the open i wasn't even it. there and that's yeah. why, that's why, why I was talking. Talking. <laughs> 2023 i'm putting it out there now we need more golf movies yeah love it love i just it. i just think what you're putting it you're, take 2024 i'm picking up what you're there. putting picking up what you're, and i think what you're putting out here is the best thing happened in 2022 is the big player started a podcast just yeah. in general yeah. that's yeah. absolutely yeah. the best thing that ever happened. for us okay i'll clap by myself Okay. I think it's been a hell of a 2022 season. That movie, I think, just encapsulates to what this podcast stands for. It's like, you know, we just like playing golf. We just go out there and give it at all. That's why we started a golf podcast. We just feel like golf's really kind of not covered in a way that's fun for everyone. But then also, like, if you're a good golfer, you're a bad golfer, you're into fashion, you're not into fashion. Like, that's why we started this thing. I love it. Hey, speaking of, TikTokers. speaking of pop culture, we got PGA 2K23 coming out yeah. next month. Maybe we do a video Ooh. game or something. Some more female Ooh. golfers. Yeah. Love that. Oh, oh yeah. Love some, that. some premier key, key, Wait, key female golfers. Can we simulate this live versus PGA top 10 on PGA? <laughs> oh, okay. Is everyone going to be on there? I don't Is know. I true? suck at PGA, so I'm going to take Cam Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I might be doing the Royal Rumble instead. Like. <laughs> Wait, when's that come out? In, Soon? I think end of the month. Yep, something? yep. Nice. Hopefully it's on Xbox Game Pass, then we'll be able to play it. Oh, hell yeah. All right, that does it here for us today, guys. Best moments of 2022. Make sure you check it out. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram. Follow us at Big Players Only Pod. And big shout out to Forecraft Cocktails, our presenting sponsor. Give them a follow on Instagram at Forecraft Cocktails. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you next week.